Yo, Eagles Nation, stand up. Yo, how'd Barkley put it? <laughs> Looking like another grease pole night in Philly. 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 Facts. Is there any better feeling in the world than starting a work week and knowing that you have a three-day weekend ahead of you at the end? It is probably, aside from the obvious feelings... Uh, in life, the obvious ones, that is that is among the top of the list for this guy, for sure. So thank you for starting your work week with me here at the Grease Pole Podcast. You can follow the show and everything going on with the Eagles, opinions, all that good stuff, over on Instagram, at Grease Pole Podcast. Uh, comments, ideas, questions, concerns, any of that good stuff uh, are always welcome over on Instagram, at Grease Pole Podcast. Make sure you hit subscribe. Uh, rate review we are available on apple podcast and spotify if you have done that already greatly appreciate you if not if you would do so it would be greatly appreciated thank you so much for joining me on the bubby brister episode number six (laughs) not a uh, not exactly the most kind number in the history of the birds right i think there might the options were bubby brister Uh, Without diving into everybody, Spike Jones, a former punter back in the 70s, Caleb Sturgis, a kicker from a few years ago, pre-Jake Elliott, Sav Rocca was a punter as well back in the Andy Reid days. Uh, Not not a good number, so I offered to go with Bubby Brister because Bubby's a fucking funny-ass name, and it took me back to my childhood, so why not? Uh, Episode 6 of the Grease Pole Podcast. Appreciate you taking part with me. So... When putting together uh, kind of what to do here today, I went back and I kind of – I took myself back to the 2019 season and the way everything went down. And, and one of the, the hot-button issues for me was um, kind of the way the rookie season for J.J.R. Sega-Whiteside went down. Now, this is a guy who – I became familiar with, and this is, I think I've plugged this for the last, this will probably be the third episode in a row. I think I've talked about uh, Yahoo's fantasy college football. It's addicting as fuck. If you're a fantasy football fan, highly recommended, just so you can have Saturday and Sunday of methamphetamine in your weekend. Um, greatest thing ever. This became a thing uh, two years ago. Been doing it for two years now. And it's funny because the two years ago, the team I had, uh, had both Miles Sanders and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. So I had both our second-round picks from the 2019 draft, 53rd and 57th overall, respectively, on my team. Pretty cool. And I really, really wanted Miles Sanders as a Penn State guy, needed a running back, took him 53rd overall. Fuck yeah, was stoked. 57th pick in the 2019 draft was J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, receiver out of Stanford, right? And... I can't speak for anybody else, but at the time, I was happy as hell with this pick, okay? 
Still am to a degree. And we'll, you know, we'll we'll get there. But looking back at his career at Stanford, his junior year, 2017, had some nice numbers, 48 receptions for 781 yards and nine touchdowns. Followed that up in 2018 during his senior year with 63 receptions, 1,059 yards and 14 touchdowns. So solid numbers. Again, this is not, you know, we're not talking Jerry, Judy here, C.D. Lamb type stuff, but they're different types of receivers. Those are nice numbers for a second-round pick. But, again, you have to – it's not just a numbers game, not just stat sheets, okay, but nice numbers from the receiver out of Stanford. All right? So you go into 2019, his first year as an Eagle, okay? If you just look at a stat line, sticking with that, 10 receptions – 169 yards and one touchdown. That's it. Played in all 16 games. Did not start all 16, but played in all 16 games. Now, again, keep in mind, as we discuss this here, the injury situation with this team last year. How the receiving core just got decimated, obliterated by injury. Unlike anything I've ever seen. You know, that's what everybody was saying. Just just the constant injuries that happened to this Eagles receiving core. We'll get into some of the guys that stepped in in a minute and exactly how far down the bottom of the barrel Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson had to scrape to line guys up for Carson Wentz to throw to. But specifically, looking at our Sega White side, you know, he – if we're being honest, he looked a little overwhelmed, right, in 2019. He was you know, not a bet, not a great route runner. Route running was kind of an issue. Uh, he was initially tasked with replacing Alshon Jeffrey at the X spot, right? Number one receiver, big guy goes down on the perimeter. Alshon Jeffrey goes out, J.J. Arcega, white side, asked to fill in there at the X. But because of the, the injuries, that the domino effect there at the wide receiver position, you know, he's suddenly being asked to play X. He's being asked to play, you know, the Z receiver, slot receiver. You know, and this is all happening with short notice, very little preparation time due to just the depletion of wide receiver depth because of all these injuries, right? Deshaun Jackson only played in three games all year. Alshon out. There wasn't a lot out there on the perimeter. If you take a look at the receiving numbers, from last year. And again, this is one of the things I will always contend with when people talk about Carson Wentz. Threw for 4,000 yards, over 4,000 yards, only quarterback in history to do so without a wide receiver that had over 500 yards. Think about that. A wide receiver, no wide receiver on the Eagles last year had over 500 receiving yards. And Carson went still through through for over 4,000 yards passing. Now, if you look at the receiving leaders last year for the Birds, okay, number one is Zach Ertz, you know, given. 88 receptions, 916 yards, six touchdowns. Coming in second, tight end number two, Dallas Goddard. 58 receptions, 607 yards, and five touchdowns. That's one and two. Third leading receiver on the team last year was Miles Sanders. Rookie running back, 50 receptions, 509 yards, and three touchdowns. That's your top three receivers from 2019. Tight end number one, tight end number two, and a rookie running back. Think about that. So now, 
again, those are the top three leading receivers for the Birds in 2019. And I'm not including guys here, non-receivers. I'm not looking at guys like Jordan Howard, Boston Scott, Josh Perkins, okay? But strictly looking at the receivers, okay? Alshon Jeffrey, and these are all season highs for receivers last year for the Eagles. 43 receptions, 490 yards, and four touchdowns in 10 games. 43 receptions, 490 yards, and four touchdowns. That's your leading receiver. Wide receiver. Nelson Aguilar suited up for 11 games. Deshaun Jackson played only three. Deshaun Jackson was the big free agent acquisition, one of them. Okay, yay, he's coming home, yada, yada. He's come back to Philly. I think he caught six passes for 159 yards and a touchdown. (laughs) Which leaves the leftovers. This is where we get to the crew of just the bottom of the barrel, the bargain bin dudes that Howie Roseman had to kind of scrape together just so Carson Wentz had fucking bodies. All right, we're going to go in order of in terms of stats, best of worst. All right, Greg Ward Jr., the obvious one, right? 28 receptions, 254 yards, and one touchdown in seven games. All right, remember that one touchdown was the, the big one against the Washington Redskins toward the end of the year. Aside from that, 28 receptions, 254 yards. Seven games for Greg Ward. Mind you, this is a guy that was an undrafted free agent in 2017. He was a quarterback for the University of Houston in college. He was a quarterback for the Cougars. Also played with the AAF San Antonio Commanders a little bit in 2019 before being picked up by the Eagles. He was also with the Eagles in uh, 2017 as well, practice squad guy. Then went to the AAF once that folded. Birds brought him back. Matt Collins. <laughs> 10 receptions, 125 yards, zero touchdowns in 12 games. He was a fourth-round pick out of UNC in 2017 by the Birds. He was a member of the Super Bowl 52 winning team, okay? Yay, feather in his cap. Other than that, let's be honest, like Matt Collins and everything, the backpack dance was fun, but, you know, 12 games, that's what you get out of him. Deontay Burnett, two receptions for 48 yards in one game an undrafted free agent out of USC in 2018. He spent, leading up to him being an Eagle, he was briefly with Tennessee, spent some time on the uh, the Jets and 49ers practice squad. Two receptions, 48 yards in one game for Deontay Burnett. How about Jordan Matthews <laughs> for the 1,596 fucking time? Four receptions, 33 yards in two games. He's the guy, they just keep bringing him back. He's like the Band-Aid. Hey, we need a guy. You want to come and just draw a paycheck for a week? Sure, why not? Second round pick by the Birds in 2014. Bounced around the league a little bit. Buffalo, New England. Came back, then went to San Francisco. Then came back last year in a pinch again for a second time. Excuse me, for a third tenure with the Eagles. Four catches, 33 yards for Jordan Matthews. And then finally, we get to Robert Davis, who had one catch for six yards in three games. He was a six-round pick 
by the Washington Redskins out of Georgia State in 2017. He was a member of the practice squad down there in uh, D.C. for the Skins. He was waived in October of 2019 before being picked up by the Birds. So, again, this is this is what Carson Wentz had to work at, work with, okay? Undrafted free agents, quarterbacks in college, you know what I mean? Dudes that had just been cut by the Redskins practice squad literally a month prior, Okay. So when you look at our Sega Whiteside, he played in all 16 regular season games. He played in all 16. He was only targeted 22 times. That's it. Only 22 targets. There's only but so much you can do with 22 targets. And there's this there's this myth with him that there he had the dropsies. Only credited with one drop last year in 2019, and it was the one against Detroit where Wentz chucked at the end zone. And I don't remember the exact score at the time, but had Arcega-Whiteside hung on, the Birds would have won the game. I believe it was in week three because of that started the season one and two. I don't have the schedule in front of me, so I could be wrong, but that was the drop from Arcega-Whiteside. Would have been the game-winning touchdown in the Detroit game. <clears throat> he was only on the field for 42% of all offensive snaps in 2019. That's it. That's it. Given this guy, given given the resume, he was only on the field for 42% of offensive snaps. So what do you expect a guy to do when he's not even on the field for 50% of the snaps, given all the injuries that this team has suffered? You know, you spend a second-round pick on a guy, especially when when things are that thin at receiver, you need to put his ass out there point blank. Nobody's going to have – I get he might not have had a great practice that week or he might not be picking things up as you want to. But to me, when you have guys that are undrafted and, and you're pulling guys off the streets, literally, at least throw the guy out there that you invested a second-round pick in and see what he can do. You're not going to – every time they show Doug Peterson on the sideline, number 19, our Sega Whiteside, was just standing next to him. The fuck do you expect him to do on the sideline? So – if you look at this Eagles receiver depth chart entering the 2020 season, and this is – let's take let's, – let's set our Sega White side to the side for a minute, okay? Say that three times fast. Here's the wide receiver depth chart, or the wide receiver room, if you will. Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, Jalen Rager, Marquise Goodwin, Greg Ward, plus the day three draft picks, and John Hightower out of Boise State and Quez Watkins out of Southern Miss. So if you look at that depth chart, Alshon and Deshaun are kind of getting a little long in the tooth, right? Now, I know Deshaun took offense to the age comments on his Instagram about a couple weeks ago. But ask yourself honestly, are Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson guys you see playing for this team in three years? Personally, for me, the answer is no. So from there, Jalen Rager, first-round draft pick of this past season, Okay, he he is more than likely going to be this team's number one wide receiver going forward. The potential is there. Okay, Marquise Goodwin, day three draft trade brought in from San Francisco. You know, that's a nice piece, man. Again, speed is what Howie Roseman emphasized going into this draft. So Jalen Rager, Marquise Goodwin, Greg Ward, we already know what he's about. John Hightower out of Boise State. And Quez Watkins out of Southern Miss. Speed guys. And I'm telling you, if you watched 
tape on Quez Watkins out of Southern Miss. This guy, I like him. I think he is going to have been a steal of this draft. I really, really like that pick the more and more tape I watch on him. Like the Howard, the like the Hightower pick as well. I'm not saying he's a scrub. But collectively, young at receiver, kind of hit the refresh button on the receiver group going forward. Speed. Again, the speed element. Look at what Kansas City does with their offense. Doug Peterson learned from Andy Reid. Make no mistake about it. That is what this Eagles team is trying to emulate. Not saying they're trying to be the Chiefs, but add that speed element. Spread the field. Go vertical. Fast as fuck. So, I think when you look at Arcega Whiteside and the disappointment, getting back to him, of his rookie season, a lot of the reason why people were so bummed out about this pick, not only the lack of production necessarily, and again, I would argue he should have been on the field more. To that, you could argue, okay, what the fuck was he doing in practice? There's a reason why these guys were on the field before him. And you have a point there. I personally would, again, lean to, I'm going to give the guy that we spent a second rounder on, I'm going to give him the time to shine or the chance to shine over a guy we just picked up from the Redskins practice squad a couple weeks ago. You know what I mean? I've at least had our Sega Whiteside in here since training camp. Nonetheless, a big beef that a complaint that Eagles fans have with this pick, the JJR Sega Whiteside pick in the 2019 second round, is that DK Metcalf was still on the board, right? The Birds took our Sega Whiteside with the 57th pick. DK Metcalf goes 64th overall to Seattle, the final pick of the second round. And. You know, again, D.K. Metcalf was sitting right there, man, and and Howie Roseman took our Sega Whiteside instead of D.K. Metcalf, so it's real easy to get in the comment section on Facebook and fucking bitch and complain about, hey, look what D.K. Metcalf did in his rookie year. You know, and if you look at the numbers, they're not – I mean, for a rookie receiver, 58 receptions, 900 yards, seven touchdowns, is a solid-ass year. It's a damn good year. You know, but people look at fantasy football and, you know, he was an asset, things of that nature, so – he, him putting up those numbers juxtaposed to our Sega Whiteside and his 10 catches for 169 yards and a touchdown. Of course, DK Metcalf early on, stat wise, takes a W there. Of course, he does. But if you go and you watch tape, watch film on DK Metcalf, go watch his tape. It's nothing but go routes. That's it. That's it. He's essentially a one trick pony. Defenses in the NFL are way too smart to just let a guy keep running go routes. Defenses are eventually going to pick that shit up. That's how, if you watch DK Metcalf, that's how he got the majority of his yardage. Now, again, there's there's something to be said there because that is an element you need. You want to be able to stretch a defense vertically, of course, but you want to have other tools in your belt as well other than just being a one-trick pony and being able to one run one fucking route. That's just my opinion. Defenses are going to figure out a way to do that. Roll coverage, roll safety over the top, shut them down. You know what I mean? So I don't think it's fair to say that DK Metcalf should have been the pick after just one season of both. You don't know that. You have no idea. But I think that's an easy, if you're looking at the internet 
culture to complain and bitch in the comment section because it's more fun to complain about shit because it's 2020 or 2019 at the time. If you're just trying to be internet troll guy in the comment section, it's real easy to point to DK Metcalf and go, but look over there. That's what we could have had. Doesn't mean our Sega Whiteside's a bad pick. Again, didn't have the best rookie season. Only one year. It's only one year. There is this guy, I'm telling you, it, when you look at his, it, just purely based off his frame, physically, his size, 6'2", 225, that's a nice red zone jump ball target. Again, go look at his tape at Stanford. That's, that's a skill set that Jalen Rager out of TCU brings to the table as well. When we drafted our Sega Whiteside, my first thought was, fuck yeah, now we have two Alshon Jeffries. And this was before Alshon Jeffrey turned into a possible Judas. <laughs> but you have that guy that can go up and high point the ball in the end zone. You know, where 11 can just toss it up back up in the air. It's a mismatch. A guy can go up and get it. Boom, six points. That's what our Sega Whiteside can do. He's not a burner, man. He's quicker than you think, but he's not he, – we're not talking – He's not a Quez Watkins. He's not a Marquise Goodwin. He's not a Deshaun Jackson. But that doesn't mean his skill set doesn't fit into this offense. And it's funny because when – and I don't always do the the pro-comp thing. I actually we, – we discussed that, and I believe it was episode two, the draft episode. The pro-comp thing has become very taboo. And a lot of times I, it, it, it's just like they're trying to get a headline. And okay, we throw this comp out there. Maybe we'll get attention. But one of the comps that NFL.com had, I went back and looked who they comped J.J. Arcega Whiteside to when he was coming out of the draft. It was fucking Alshon Jeffrey. <laughs> That's exactly who it was. And again, so Eagles fans will not give Alshon the animus. They will extend him the courtesy for being injured, things of that nature. But that's a veteran. This kid's a rookie, man. This kid's a rookie that was put into an impossible fucking situation. Absolutely, maybe he should have known the playbook more. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. I'm just speculating. Maybe he didn't study as much as he should have. Maybe he didn't know the playbook in and out like you need to. Again, an NFL playbook is going to look vastly different than one at Stanford in college. That's just the way it is. It's the pros. You know, and he's never going to be, or Sega Whiteside is never going to be a future number one receiver. He's just not. That's not, that's not his skill set. But that doesn't mean he's not valuable. Jalen Rager is the potential future number one receiver. Our Sega Whiteside could potentially be a solid number two receiver, though. Again, if you look at just his skill set, man, and being able to high point the ball in the end zone, and it, you need – it's a chess piece. You need guys with different skill sets. Again, this speed overhaul is nice. But you can't expect a guy to jump off the screen at you when he's only on the field for 42% of the snaps. He's standing there next to Doug Peterson every single time they show the sideline. He can't do shit standing on the sideline. He can't. You have to give the kid the opportunity, especially even if you use the practice theory that he sucked in practice or he wasn't pressing the coaches or whatever. And again, very well may be true, but based solely off of the fact the injuries that this team had last year, you got to put him out there. 
You got to. And watching as you got to November and December last year and the receiving core had become what it was, just a disaster, nuked by injuries. Sitting there watching the game like, man, where the fuck is 19 at? Put his ass out there. Dudes like Deontay Burnett are out there running routes. And you got Jordan Matthews being brought back for the 95th fucking time. I mean, when when you're doing that, when you've got a guy's number on speed dial just in case, hey, all hell breaks loose. J-Matt, do you want to come back again for two weeks? Oh, sure. Give the fucking rookie a chance, man. Give him a chance. So I think looking forward into 2020 again, there is – there's a lot of mouths to be fed on this offense now, a lot. First rounder in Jalen Rager this year was invested. You know, I personally think this is, and I don't even know that this is a bold prediction. I'm not trying to make it that way, but I think this is absolutely Alshon Jeffries last year in Philly, and I think it could very well end up being Deshaun Jackson's last year in Philly as well. So why not – Put these guys out there. Again, Rager's going to see his snaps. He's going to get plenty of burn. And Marquise Goodwin as well. But those are the speed guys. You're going to want to have Rager, put Rager at the X. You could have Goodwin in the slot. You could have Arsega Whiteside at the Z receiver. There are so many ways you can you can work it that this guy is not useless. You can't just flush his career down the toilet now because he underwhelmed you in his first year. For fuck's sake, Peyton Manning in his first year threw 28 interceptions. Now, I'm not – he's comparing Arcega Whiteside to Peyton Manning. No, but a rookie – a bad rookie season does not an entire career make is what I'm saying. This guy was a second-round pick for a reason. He's got talent. He seems to be a good kid, man, with a good head on his shoulders. I look for him in 2020 to have an impact on this offense. I'm not telling you to take him in the fifth round of your fucking fantasy draft. But don't don't bury him, man. Don't bury him. If you were if you were on a job and you were they they put you in one department or whatever and 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 two people in the other three departments where you work uh if you work in a warehouse, there's a forklift accident. Boom, there goes one guy from another department. Now another guy get drops something heavy on his fucking toe. He doesn't have steel-toed boots on because he came to work hungover, forgot to grab his steel toes, grabbed his vans instead. Boom, now he fucks up his toes. Now another guy goes. So now you have to do your job while doing forklift accident guy's job, while doing hangover, no steel-toed boots guy's job. How the fuck are you going to do? When you just have this dropped in your lap, hey, go do three people's jobs. I know that this is what you were assigned to do, and this is what we expected of you, but right here, right now, spur of the moment, do these three things as well, and do them well. If not, an entire rabid fan base is going to shit on you and call you a bum because you don't look like the muscular guy who killed it at the Combine. I like the element that our Sega Whiteside brings to this offense. I'm curious to see what Howie Roseman, excuse me, Howie Roseman, his job's done. Doug Peterson. Curious to see what Doug Peterson does with him, how he fits in his offense. Again, there's a ton of speed everywhere, depth at speed, constantly. You need a guy 
that can high point the ball, that skill set. You have Jalen Rager, but again, rotation. Let's be patient with our Sega Whiteside, see what he can do as a sophomore. What do you think? Hit me up on Instagram at Greasepole Podcast. Sound off in the comments section. Hit me up. What do you think? Are you pissed off that we didn't take DK Metcalf still a year later for fuck's sake? That's what the comment section's for, right, the bitch? So there it is. That's what you want to do. <laughs> or if you're looking forward to seeing what he can do, man, like I am. Again, I think it was a good pick at the time. You know, I, I, I think it's going to be a good thing, man. I'm not going to sit here and predict 1,000 yards and fucking 12 touchdowns for the guy. But I think, you know, around five, 600 yards, you know, maybe three, four touchdowns is absolutely feasible. Wentz, is, Wentz can distribute the ball. And Arcega Whiteside has the talent there. Absolutely. Curious to see what you think. Again, hit me up at Grease Pole Podcast. Uh, over 2,000 followers as of last week. If you followed the show, thank you for doing so. Again, you can subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. If you've done it already, appreciate you. Uh, tell a friend. Have them do the same as well. Uh, Three-day weekend coming up, Memorial Day. That is uh, a Mount Rushmore American holiday. So everyone's going to be wearing red, white, and blue, I'm sure. Uh, doing, doing, doing Murica shit, you know? So phase one here in Virginia anyway is open back up. So I'm sure, uh, the fiasco will ensue because, you know, it's just the way it goes, but no matter what you do, uh, stay safe, uh, enjoy the three day weekend. We're all lover boy, man. We're all just working for the weekend. So we made it through one day, four more to get through until we get to that three day weekend and episode Jaworski of the Grease Pole Podcast next week. See you then. This is Grease Pole Podcast. As always, go birds. Yo, how'd Barkley put it? <laughs> Looking like another Grease Pole night in Philly. 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 Philly.